This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. So is it a brilliant marketing move or a misguided strategy that is sure to alienate customers? Former NFL football player Colin Kaepernick, the man who started the Take a Knee campaign and who is suing NFL owners for allegedly colluding to keep him out of the league is front and center in a new Nike campaign. It's meant to commemorate the 30th anniversary of the brand's iconic Just Do It motto. The new ad, which Kaepernick shared on social media, features the message, quote, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. From uh, that point, we've seen a lot of reaction, very polarized reaction. Social media is exploding. There are people who love it, including Serena Williams, who says, I'm now so proud to be associated with Nike. And we've seen all those pictures of uh, guys uh, burning their Nikes. So is it is it a mistake or is it a brilliant move? Right now, we are going to Josh Combe, who is the editor of Strategy Daily. Hi there, Josh. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. What's your take? Um, I think the campaign is really smart and uh, really good for a company and a brand like Nike. Um, I mean, Nike is one of those few companies whose brand has a uh, a lot of cultural significance. Um, I think that, like you mentioned, the Just Do It campaign, uh, the Just Do It tagline, rather, that this campaign is kind of celebrating the anniversary of, and the messaging behind it just 100% fits with uh, the Just Do It idea. And like a lot of the campaigns that Nike has done in the past all kind of based uh, in some way or another around the idea of perseverance and you know personal betterment and things like that. Um, and coming back to the cultural significance thing, I mean, Nike is a brand that has a great deal of cultural significance, um, especially within African-American communities. Um, this goes back to, you know, the 90s uh, with the launch of Air Jordan. It goes to campaigns. Um, There's a campaign a number of years ago with featuring Tiger Woods, kind of showing him, uh, uh, talking about how, you know, not too long ago he wouldn't have been allowed in country to play golf at country clubs. Um, and so I think this is just the latest in a long line of those uh, kinds of campaigns that kind of show Nike uh, taking a stand for perseverance and, a, and with a message that is um, really going to mean a lot to uh, communities in the U.S. Um, that uh, already really value the brand. And, and are more likely to be their customers because uh, young black men are probably a lot more likely to buy Nikes mm-hmm. than, than white guys over 50. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know uh, if there's any statistics about, you know, the racial background of anyone who buys uh, Nike products, but somewhere around two-thirds of their sales in the U.S. 
uh, comes from people under the age of 35. And it was interesting. I saw some demographic numbers uh, on uh, the age involved in this, and it said that, that a majority of people over 50 thought that taking a knee during the anthem was always wrong under any circumstance, mm-hmm. and, and a majority of people under 30 had no problem with it. Yeah. And, like, make no mistake, like, this is, uh, as much as this is, I guess, Nike taking a stand and, you know, really wanting its brand and its name to be um, associated with uh, a positive cultural movement, um, this is also a business decision. Uh, Nike is one of the biggest businesses in the world. They have a gigantic marketing team, a gigantic data and analytics team as well. Um, So they would not have done this if uh, they didn't know it would pay off. Like you mentioned um, earlier, you know, uh, the pictures that we've been seeing online about people destroying their Nike products. Um, the, amount, <laughs> the amount of conversation around Nike over the last few days, um, the amount of people you know, saying to boycott Nike or pictures of them destroying their stuff um, have been uh, greatly, greatly outnumbered by the people, um, so one, supporting Nike, but also mocking the people who are uh, destroying their products. So I think Nike knew that it would that the positive sentiment would outweigh the negative before they committed to this. And uh, do you figure? I mean, I'm assuming that they must have uh, focus grouped the heck out of this. Oh, they must have, and not just focus. How come we didn't it. hear about it? <laughs> well, and, and not just focus grouping it like uh, social listening, which is when a company or its ad agencies or a research firm or what have you will basically just get on social media. They'll get on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and just see where the sentiment is. They'll uh, look for certain keywords. Um, so Nike or uh, you know, ad agencies employed by Nike um, have uh, been following this conversation for months. Um, Colin Kaepernick has uh, been uh, actually a licensed spokesperson for Nike for a number of years now, and they actually, ahead of this campaign, just kind of like re-signed him to another multi-year deal. Um, so this has been a deal that's been in the works for months, and I'd be surprised if Nike didn't have a team of staff kind of working to make sure that, you know, sentiment would uh, be on their side for this. Do we have any idea how much he's getting paid for this? Um I do not know. Um, I haven't seen anything. Um, those kinds of deals are usually kept private, um, so I have no idea. Okay, uh, let's hear from Julius in Scarborough. Hi, Julius. Oh, hi, Miss Nyma. I'm going to be a little cheeky about Mr. Kaepernick here. <laughs> okay. Well, let's say he ended up in the CFL, which is actually kind of possible. Yeah. And what if he did the same thing to our Canadian anthem? Well, you know what? I, I think we need to remind people kind of what brought this about. You know, uh, it's been spun as disrespect to the anthem and to America, but what they were protesting is a, a, a whole spate of police shootings of black men. Well, don't and, bring it on the And though that happens here, it doesn't, it certainly does not happen to the same degree. Well, my add on comment would be if he, if he ended up here, and if he did the same thing to our anthem, I think the Canadian government would give him an Order of Canada medal under, oh. under Premier Justin. Uh, kind I, of I can't imagine that. But And uh, he apparently consulted with people on what would be a respectful way to protest. Because, oh, you know, it's not like they're burning the flag. I'm not impressed. You're not impressed? No, uh, I'm, yep. I'm Julius signing off. Thank okay, you. Julius, thanks for that. Thanks, Mike. Uh 
Josh, do you think that that whole uh, genesis of this is kind of getting lost in in the hype? Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, 100%. Um, I mean, you see this with anything, any kind of conversation that you see on social media. Um, uh, things get lost. Um, people tend to get entrenched in their current way of viewing. And, you know, the genesis of something, as you said, uh, can very easily get lost. And we've seen, like, people kind of try to remind people, like, what the basis for the whole protest has been. Um, like, um, the, this new ad campaign has kind of reignited, you know, people, um, you know, from the U.S. Armed Forces kind of saying uh, online that um, they don't want to be used as, you know, political pawns. They don't want, you know, people who have no association with them kind of using them to say, oh, you're just, Colin Kaepernick is disrespecting the flag. Um, the people in the armed services in the U.S. are kind of, uh, uh, you know, not wanting to be put in the middle of uh, a debate that they are being uh, forced into by people who just aren't really happy uh, with a man, uh, you know, uh, embracing a form of peaceful peaceful protest uh, uh, to, you know, uh, draw attention to the way his communities in the U.S. have been treated by police. And... What about, you know, it seems like everything we talk about that's going on in the United States, there's the Trump factor mm-hmm. in all of this. I mean, I personally don't know if it would have blown up to the proportions it's acquired if Donald Trump had not waded into it. I mean, uh, that's kind of difficult to say. Like, this kind of, uh, it started before him, and I mean... Um, I think you could definitely make the argument that the fact that he weighed in kind of, you know, uh, made his supporters definitely a lot more vocal um, about their opposition to it. Uh, for sure, you could say that uh, kind of brought them out of the woodwork. But I mean, um, the last couple of years in the U.S., you can say that about a lot of different things about how, um, you know, people who, um, you know, support Donald Trump and support his politics have been felt more emboldened, uh, I guess, to, um, you know, uh, 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 throw their hat into debates that they might not otherwise um, have uh, felt like uh, they otherwise would. And, you know, that kind of comes back to a company like Nike getting involved. Like, I mean, as I said before, they are a business and they are kind of profiting off of a social movement and they have economic factors for wanting to get into it. But, you know, when you have a company the size of Nike, um, you know, pretty firmly, you know, putting uh, their support on one side of a debate, uh, you know, it does a lot to kind of show the people on the other side and maybe make them reconsider, you know, uh, whether their anger uh, towards someone like Colin Kaepernick is really justified and if they've maybe lost the plot a little bit. Okay, um, let's uh, get in a quick call from Charmaine in Scarborough. Hi, Charmaine. Hi, Libby. I just wanted to uh, say thank you really quickly for putting back in in place the reason why Mr. Kaepernick took is taking and others took that knee and it wasn't just a selfish or or disrespectful um, uh, act it, it was a protest uh, not unlike uh, Rosa Parks not uh, not moving from her seat in the front of the bus um, and I I am over 50 and I tell you something I would buy more Nike products I respect their move I think it's brilliant. 
you know what? Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you that I think it's, it's, it's quite brilliant. Charmaine, thanks for your call. You're welcome, Libby. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, there we go. Not everybody over 50 dislikes this. Uh, We're uh, starting uh, to run out of time. Uh, How long will it take to see uh, how this has moved the needle on sales, Josh? Um, I would say uh, probably within like three or four months, we'll start to see, um, I guess, how this really result, how how this really impacted Nike's sales. I mean, uh, yesterday there were reports about Nike's stock price being down by uh, between two and three points. But I mean, I I forgot to mention that. No, I think it was more than that. I will have to look it up. But yeah, it hit their stock price. It was somewhere between uh, two and three and a half points, depending on what time of the day you were looking at it. but like today, it's already up again, and like stock prices aren't always a good indicator of you know where sales are going to go. You know the investors and the people buying up Nike stock aren't exactly aren't always going to be the same ones who are going to the store and buying their products. It's probably, uh, to be honest, a lot of investors being a little bit skittish. I think a lot of the outrage um, kind of has been a little bit overblown and gotten a lot more attention than the positive sentiment, uh, that Nike has gotten for this. Yeah. And sometimes um, it's kind of a, a very quick sort of almost herd reaction. They see something negative, they dump the stock, uh, um, you know, on trading floors. Ex- exactly. And I think like the only real indicator is going to be, uh, sales, which is why Nike did this in the first place. And we'll probably see that, uh, uh, within a couple of months. Okay. On that note, Josh Combe, thank you so much for being with us on this. And I suspect that we will be talking about this topic some more on Free For All Friday. Uh, We'll take it up then if I did not have time to take your calls. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.